The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all of their purchases. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. I love sharing with the audience kind of how the day is going leading up to, and I won't give up too much, but this uh, has been intense today. In feisty. Feisty. A riled up group on a Wednesday. McShay's here for an hour. Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio. I just text a famous person that gave me their cell phone number awesome. not that long ago, and I was following up with this person to ask them a favor, basically. And it was, I thought, for the benefit of both of us. Uh, I wanted to have this person on the show. So I, you know, I gave it like a week and a half, too. I didn't text right away, like, hey, great meeting you, buddy. Or, you know, I, I gave you it get, I you, gave it. You gave time. it a week and a half before you asked a favor? A week and a half to ask the person to come on the show. Okay, gotcha. so to me, that's not. I, mean, I don't want to come to your house. I'm not asking for tickets. Okay, I'm not that's already hitting you up for I, a I cherry. I asking item. for like a yeah. yeah. It's a, reciprocal, really. Do you want to get into an this autographed shirt or something? Yeah, do you want to come on the show? I'm not asking for your. You want to be a part number. of this thing? Exactly. And so what happened? <laughs> hey, it's Rosillo. You up here again at all? Who and where? <laughs> that's incredible. That's Please tell me it's not the end. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> How do you respond to that? I've rewritten the response like, three times. Who are you? Who the hell are you? And, and so, where is that? Last, na- last name. Not going to be on the show today. Not today. <laughs> Not today. Who? I can understand the where, but the the where is because of the who. Like, who is this? And I spent some time with this person. Time. We were on TV together. At what point in this story? Did you give him your number? He gave me his and said, dial it up now. And I go, okay. Gotcha. At what point? In so you were so important arc. to him at that point that he just didn't even put in your name. That I don't even care about because I do that to people too. Okay. When do we get to know who it is? Maybe when we have the person on, but that's not going well because this person has this incredible, amazing story that I want to have told. And like I said, it's not happening today. I don't even know how to respond. Let's figure out in Brusillo. the next three hours how Brusillo, to Period. Bristol. Period. Yeah, all right. Well, let's let's come up with a response at some point today in the show. We'll collectively tough guy. I'm right back. Rosillo. Period. Yeah, I know it's Rosillo. You saw it in the first text. Me. <laughs> Me? Yeah, you you said Rosillo. I I know. I mean, that's how the impression that I made. Oh, I didn't even think about I that. I said Rosillo. He doesn't even know who you are. He didn't. That's, went, that's went how bad this is going. You. He didn't even know what your name was or anything like that. The whole Correct. thing was a lie. Oh, that's even worse. It's way worse. That's embarrassing. That too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I say his name? <laughs> do you know who it is? Yes. You do? I didn't tell him. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just we'll TBD. Okay? TBD. Straight Talk. Time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. Let's I'm, turn off the mics and see if I got the name right. <laughs> no, because then people are going to read lips. People are great at reading lips now in 2017. The college football playoff rankings are out. Bama 1, Clemson 2, Miami, the U... Number three, Oklahoma four, Wisconsin five, Auburn six. Those are your six. How mad should I be about this? Because I feel more mad than people expected me to be. You know what I think. You don't care at all. I care about the right four things. teams are in right now. The what? The right, the correct four teams are would be in if we were to have the playoff. Tomorrow. Exactly. The Not right in the- four teams are ranked in the top four. Now, Rosillo's upset about the order, right. and he's very upset, and I think there's not a lot of angst that should be spared for that. Yeah, I would I would save the emotion, but I, I understand your point. You think Clemson should have been at four? I'm, I'm being accused of being too emotional on a sports topic? Yes. This is good. <laughs> 
this is usually I'm the guy going, eh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. What's the big deal? I mean, I don't think you can do that with these rankings because you can do it week one. Like, let me know. Let me know how the conference championship games go. You can't do the show that way. But I think this is real. I think it's a problem to have Clemson with their loss ahead of an undefeated Miami. I have a problem with liking Clemson's wins, Auburn at Louisville at NC State, liking those three wins more than Oklahoma's wins at Ohio State, at Oklahoma State, and TCU. Those three wins against each other are not close. No one can tell me those Clemson wins are more impressive than Oklahoma's wins. I would have Clemson fourth. I'd have Miami two. If you had Oklahoma two and Miami three, I'd still be okay with that. I'm surprised, and it makes me think, because of the Kelly Bryant injury, that is the biggest turning point in this ranking thing of the discussion in that room. They keep bringing it up, so it clearly is is something that, that they are putting weight in. And, and if you're arguing for the committee, you're saying, you know what? It's pretty cut and dry. He leaves the game. They lose the game. He comes back. They haven't lost since. But I'll tell you, having just covered him this week, Kelly Bryant is, I don't want to say he's not an asset, but he's not one of their best, best assets right now. He's not playing well recently. He can't connect on a deep ball, and they're really struggling throwing the ball down the field and stretching defenses because of it. They're also really banged up in the secondary. They could have lost to NC State. Kelly Bryant played the worst game of his career and probably his second worst game of his career this past week against Florida State, and they could have lost that game easily. So, you know, I I go back and forth on it, but I I do think we're getting a glimpse at a couple things. First of all, the fact that Miami has not and will not win a quality, true road game. Duke, that's four and six. Uh, FSU, three and six. I think those are their two best road wins on the season. Um, And then... For Oklahoma, I, I thought about this a lot. Defense keeps coming up. And the fact that every other team in the top 10 ranks in the top 15 nationally in defensive efficiency, and every other team with the exception of one is pretty good on special teams, and they rank 123rd on special teams. Think about who's on the committee and who carries the voices in that room. Frank Beamer. The former head coaches always seem to carry the, you know, have the voices that carry the loudest in that room. Frank Beamer, defense and special teams guru. Tyrone Willingham, conservative, traditional programs. Notre Dame, Stanford. Uh, Bobby Johnson, Vandy coach for eight or nine you didn't years. You mentioned the coach. Washington years. Uh, those two. Uh, and the Vandy head coach, I think, for nine years, but he was a defensive coordinator, which got him elevated to the head coach. So you're coach saying, job. look at this through the traditional lens of what these guys are normally right. and, be doing. So they're look, not going to like Oklahoma's defense. These aren't offensive in, innovators right. and, and all that. These are, I can hear a lot of back in Chad the, Morris is in back the, in the days going on, quotes going on, and, nice. and the way we used to play football and, and those sorts of things. All right, let me do this with you, Will. Okay. Straight Talk Wireless. You know, I mean, coverage. not even a response? I guess I looked at the clock, and I'm sorry. Right. Um I think those are all really good points. Carried on think, too long. I think you're right. No, but it was in-depth. We need that out of you every, every now and then, so thank you. Uh, nationwide coverage on America's largest and most dependable 4G LTE networks. Who's still alive in this? Today, who feels alive? And we're going to have Kirby Hoka coming up in just over 20 minutes of the playoff ranking committee. Seven teams. Seven. So you're going... The top four. Bama, Auburn, Miami, Oklahoma, Clemson. And then you're three that can get in there. Wisconsin, Auburn, Georgia. That's right. Is don't, that the cutoff? Don't lose Ohio State. Bama wins out. Miami wins the ACC. Lopsided game over Clemson. Clemson now has two losses. Oklahoma wins out. Now you have a, a two-loss Pac-12 champ, uh, champion, USC or Washington. Two-loss Clemson, like I mentioned. Big Ten champ is, let's say, Ohio State in, in my scenario. They have two losses as a as the Big, the Big Ten champion. Notre Dame, two losses but not a conference champ. I think Ohio State wins. Gets in. Over Notre Dame. Over the Pac-12 champ, over Notre Dame, over Clemson. 
the Wisconsin loss will propel them over Notre Dame. But I was really happy to see that the playoff rankings and not the AP, which you knew, and especially the coaches poll, there's no reason to have Notre Dame behind Ohio State today. No, I agree with that. That's fine. But ultimately, Ohio State will get up ahead of ahead of Notre Dame if, if that scenario plays out. And Notre Dame, Man, they don't have a conference championship. It hurts. Kill this. No, they're no, not. You, can't. No. you cannot kill them. No, Iowa lose by thirty to Iowa. Guess what? They're still here. Iowa did everything it could. How many teams can survive one more loss? Two. Bama. Miami. Miami. That's it. Everyone else has to win out. Oh wait a minute, Oklahoma. What if moves. Oklahoma? What if here's here's where you get Oklahoma in here. They lose another one. Ohio State wins the Big Ten. And then you have the head-to-head Sooners, Buckeyes. Yeah, you're not you're not putting Ohio State in over Oklahoma. Yeah, both you can't. That, that's the only wild card because it would be it would be Big Twelve. It would be conference champ versus non-conference champ. But the trump card goes to head-to-head. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. Todd McShay and Will Kane. The Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save hundreds on your car, business, or recreational vehicle insurance from a local independent agent. Go to progressive.com today. Now that's progressive. We just did a TV-only segment on People's Sexiest Man Alive, Blake Shelton, and we may have to do that again on the radio because I just thought it was really good content. So we'll see if we can get back to that a little bit later. Different content. Put it in the seas. Yeah, yeah. We Put it in the seas. Tyrod Taylor benched in favor of uh, Nathan Peterman, who's going to be starting for the Bills. Uh, the Bills at one point feeling pretty good about themselves, 5-2. and two. They get blasted by the Jets. And I know the final score is 34-21. That game was terrible. And they got even worse against the Saints. And now we're left to kind of do this thing where if you were pro Tyrod Taylor, you want to say this is unfair. Okay. Because it's just saying, hey, maybe I was wrong and Tyrod's not that good. It that's too hard to do. It's just way easier to go, oh, this is unfair. It's not fair. Maybe it is unfair to him. But you have to remember that this is a quarterback that his own franchise said, We don't want to pay you what we're supposed to pay you. You go be a free agent, see what else is out there. If you find something better, you go ahead and take it. And we'll walk. And instead, he comes back, takes a $10 million pay cut. And at times, new, like his numbers will tell you, Will, that he's been a pretty good quarterback. But this is another one of those gray area QBs where it feels like we all see different things depending on which side of the Tyrod Taylor we're trying to sell. Yeah, and I see the positive Tyrod Taylor. I think this, this is, is unfair. unfair. Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, as you said, we talked about yesterday, uh, all first team week to week. We didn't talk about Tyrod. He actually belongs in that conversation. He does. Look at this. Obviously, he was terrible against New Orleans. And you're questioning his performance with against the Jets when he had a 108 quarterback rating. Before that, against the Raiders. He wasn't good in that game. I don't care what any of the ratings, I don't care what any of the numbers are. Watch the whole game. They stunk. Did he give up 101 points? 73. Last two weeks? Pass, passes. I, I'm just telling Did you watch that game? He was no, bad. Did, did he give up Jets. 298 yeah. rushing yards last true. week? Let me repeat that. Did he give up 298 rushing yards last week? He didn't. Is he good? Sometimes I think he's I think he's average. I Sometimes think, he's good. I agree with that. He doesn't Again, turn the ball over a lot. Keeps you in games. He's kind of like an Alex Smith type. Yes, w- w- you it, can win with them if you're part, if everyone around him is doing their job at a, at a relatively high level. Including the part of giving you some rushing 
threat at the yep. quarterback position. But what the he's not going to do is is go out and and carry your team very often. Yes, yeah, listen, I mean, real quick, Ryan. Here's what he is, and this I, agree, I actually think the Alex Smith comparison is really good. He completes a high percentage of his passes. He has a he, he presents a running threat. He doesn't turn the ball over. And guess what? That's led to the Buffalo Bills this year, five and four, where no one thought they would be. Right now, currently holding the sixth playoff spot in the AFC. Granted, not I understand long. that's not a very impressive accomplishment in the AFC. But did you really think the Bills would be in this position? No, but are you doing the thing because they're a surprising six seed that that means by proxy he's been a good quarterback? I mean, no, he didn't give up 300 rushing yards. He also went 9 for 18 in a pick. And I don't think it's fair, the Nathan Peterman stuff that I'm hearing after the fact, where they go, oh, he did some things at the end. That game was a blowout. Yeah. No one cares. No one on the Listen, Saints I, defense at that point not cares. Not many people so. in the world like Nate Peterman as much as I did coming out of college. I don't know that Nate Peterman as a rookie being thrust into this situation, 5-4 and four, still in the playoff hunt, is going to upgrade your, your, your potential to win. How does he? Okay, here's here's what I understand. I don't have an answer for you on that one. You're right. You're probably right to prop him up. And it's just the team saying the right things. Oh, we like some of the things that he did. But why is it that we have two different professional football regimes going, I don't really like this Tyrod guy. Can I if he's that? so good, why do two completely different coaching staff as front office going, eh, we don't I don't see think it. he is so good, but I think he's good enough to keep his I job. think they're... It, probably 10 without sitting down and looking. I'm going to throw out a number 10 in that neighborhood. Uh, teams in the league that would would say, you know what, if we got Tyrod Taylor right now, we would upgrade our quarterback position pretty significantly or, you know, in their minds, like, no question about it. I think it's a good question you ask, Ryan. Why are two different regimes saying, you know what, we're not committed to this guy. Yeah. While he is a top 10 quarterback in QBR, as we said, completes a high percentage of his passes. When we all see this in the stats, and, and I have seen some Tyrod games, Ryan. I didn't see the Jets game. And what I saw when I've seen some of those Tyrod games is exactly what it reflects in the stats. A guy that moves the ball down the field, he doesn't make big mistakes, and I think that threat of a run is a constant tantalizing thing at the quarterback position. But, now why do two different regimes, why are they unwilling to commit to him? I am willing to acknowledge there must be something else there that they're saying he's not doing. He's not executing the plays they want him to execute. He's not leading them the way he wants them to lead them. There's clearly something else going on that they're saying, this is not happening the way we want it to happen. Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated, who yep. we think is terrific. He's the guy that wrote the article on Wentz this summer going, I'll take Wentz over any of the other young guys for the next 10 years. And we're like, really? And then you go, okay. He was on with us a month ago, and we asked him about Tyrod, and he actually predicted this. There will never be a stat to capture our throws that should be attempted that are not attempted. And when you put on the All-22 Coaches film and you see how these plays are drawn up, every game, more than any other QB in the league, Tyrod Taylor's leaving guys open on the field unattempted. He's not processing. He's not seeing. He's not a full-field progression reader, and he's also not an anticipation thrower. And That's a bad mix. You have to really simplify the offense and build around him. Now, they put Taylor on the move a lot, which slices the field in half. Now he's only reading half the field. That's a very specific way to play, though. And when you're, the more specific you are, the easier you become to game plan against. So my guess is they're going to keep their eyes very much open for a quarterback, not this season, but you know, heading into the offseason and moving forward. Okay, so that's somebody who breaks down film. I've watched the All-22 of a game this year zero times, okay? Should I watch it more doing this job? I guess there's probably somebody that's going to get mad about it. But you know what? That person has strong opinions about quarterbacks, too. I think this is further proof that we're still lost in 2017 when we talk about quarterbacks. Unless you're awesome and it's easy to figure out, or you're terrible and it's so obvious that you're terrible, mm -hmm. there's that big chunk in the middle that none of us really know what the hell we're talking about. And I can tell you one thing. 
nothing will drive an offensive staff crazier than seeing something that they drew up, an opportunity for big play, and your quarterback didn't take advantage of it. And I think that's part of what's going on here and exactly what he's saying is that they're getting guys open, they're scheming the right way, they're doing things, and he's not seeing it. And that drives you nuts because it makes you look bad as a coordinator and ultimately as a head coach. That's exactly what I was alluding to. That's awesome breakdown by Andy Benet. Yeah, it is. You're absolutely right. And that doesn't show up in the numbers. It won't even show up on a casual viewing on a Sunday. It'll only know that when you know the game plan and what's supposed to be happening on each individual play. And I'll say this as my last little rebuttal. I don't know, and I'll defer to Todd and Andy on this. Does Nathan Peterman, though, give you those answers he, in the middle of a playoff? He's fight? not going to right now is my guess because he's adjusting to the speed of the game and, and different schemes and looks. But I, I can say long term, he does a better job of seeing the entire field. That was one of his strengths. He doesn't have a big arm. He's he's an okay athlete, all those things. But, but but think about what you just said, Will. In the middle of a playoff hunt, they're okay doing this. I mean, it's a, Doesn't that yeah. tell you something? It's a hell of an indictment. Yes. Yeah, no question. And I would say to, you know, there's, I'm sure people listening to you right now, like, no, no, I've liked Tyrod. Okay. Have you watched this? Like, when you hear Andy Benoit break this down this way, do you listen to that and go, Andy Benoit, Sports Illustrated, nobody reads the internet anymore. No, I like, think everybody think, hears it. Do you think people are listening to that? That are pro, like, well, the pro Tyrod person who thinks this is completely unfair, do they listen to that cut? And again, that was a month ago before he was benched, where they go, no, nope, still wrong. He's really good and complete. This, this is could also, unfair. I'll let you know tomorrow on first. This day could here. also be, <laughs> hey, well, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can catch lightning in a bottle, bottle with, with Peter. That's it too sometimes, but, it's changed. But also, now we've got a, a motivated Tyrod Taylor, Taylor to maybe actually listen to what we're, we're saying and to start seeing what. The things that he's not seeing and see some of the things that Peterman, a rookie, is going in and taking advantage of, possibly. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowners insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, "Mm, chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowners insurance. The Tebow Lonzo Ball question never took it did like it never did anything. So I don't think me suggesting the Big Twelve is in a meeting right now. Are you a worrier? You feel like you're in safe ground because you really tested the limits with the Tebow thing? Yeah, the fact that that didn't go nuclear. Like, too, I tried it was to, too self aware. We knew what we were doing. So if I took it seriously, if I told Tebow it wasn't doing it as a joke. I asked Tebow about Lonzo Ball when we were on Mike and Mike last Friday and yep. it didn't 
It didn't end up on E! News. We were trying to get the ultimate sports viral question. Can you get Tebow, the Ball family? Yeah. And my idea was if you could fit Kaepernick in as well, you will explode the internet. And I think Trump has added himself to that story as well in the past week. So you have four ingredients that if you can put it together, magic. You guys failed? Yeah, it didn't take off. I should have asked the question differently. Like, Tim, you've traveled. <laughs> what happens when you steal in China? And then he goes, well, I'm Tim Tebow. I wouldn't steal in China. And then it becomes Tim Tebow admonishes Ball family for stealing, allegedly. Right. But I didn't do it. What a sick write. world we live in right now. Yeah, I didn't. I, I would have thought I would have thought that was going to be the top line wait, story wait, on .com. Hey, Tim, do you think the boys from UCLA should come back to the USA to face their punishment? And he'll say, obviously I do. And now the headline is Tebow sides with Trump. There you go. That's how it would have worked. <laughs> I had only had more time. Uh, some stories you just have to hear to believe. We got season two of the acclaimed 30 for 30 podcast series now available on the ESPN app and Apple podcast. Listen today on the ESPN app or Apple podcast. Okay. Yesterday I went down to the city for the night for yep. this little soiree and you do a lot of things. I don't think I do actually. That's okay. what I think. People tell me I'm interesting. I'm like, I'm not. I'm <laughs> no, gonna, I, I, I'm I wasn't not. alluding to the fact that you're interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying that you do a lot of things. People tell me, you know, that I'm interesting. Right. <laughs> oh, no. no. McShay. Shove Mc, the mic away and quit. McShay being here with me for an hour a week is like the ultimate self check. It really is. It's just, no, no, no. I was, there was no, there was no thing yeah, nice. That's not where I was going there. So Smallman and I were in the car yesterday. I invited her to come with me. So we had the car for what, three hours down, which was long trip. And then. Why, she wasn't a good companion, like some. No, we we dealt with it. That's the that was a long time. We spent the entire day together. Yes, I don't think we ever got sick of each other, unless you're saying stuff behind my back. I was texting Saruti, but it's fine. Hmm, All right, that's okay. I can I can handle that. And speaking of Saruti, we learned that Smallman has never seen a Tom Hardy movie ever. And you know, you're not twenty. Uh, and it almost feels like you're doing this on purpose. And I have I have a problem when people do stuff like this, where it's just, are you doing it now to prove a point? I know, Saruti, this must drive you crazy. I was offended the first time I heard it. I'm not going to lie. What do you have to say for yourself, Smallman? I just don't watch a lot of movies, I guess. I don't know. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's, no, I, you asked me earlier. That's the foundation of what I'm going to yeah, do here. Is there anything that you haven't done at this point in your life where it feels like you're doing it to prove some kind of point? My friends hate the fact that I have never sat down and watched an entire Simpsons episode. That seems impossible to do. I mean, I've, I've like caught a segment here and there. I've never sat to, I, I just don't like, I'm not a big animated TV show guy. I didn't even really like cartoons that much growing up as a kid. What are you, but from I'm Russia? with Ryan. It's almost impossible because it's, it's everywhere. It's in oh, like, I know, I, I, like anything you're watching on TV at any given moment, there's a decent chance there's a Simpsons that's why rerun I, right after that. That's why I said I've never watched a full one. Like I've, I've caught myself for like five minutes or my friends were watching for a little bit and then I just tuned out. But I've never honestly in my life sat down and watched an entire hour. Is it 30 minutes or an hour? I don't even know. 30 minutes. I've never watched a 30 minute beginning to end Simpsons in my life. What about Family Guy? No. No, I watched the first segment of one because my buddy Nolan said it was really good. I hated the first segment. I never watched another one again. First segment or first episode? No, no, first. Like before like commercial the, break? Right, the first, until the first commercial. So you wouldn't even let the story develop? Nope. I thought it was dumb. What about you? I'm so over here sitting there trying to think of something. There's nothing you have? I'm a gamer. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> I'm a yes guy. You want to do this? Yes. You'll experience it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Only thing I could think of for myself is marriage. 
Uh, speaking <laughs> of, so Blake Shelton was named man sexiest, or excuse me, people's sexiest man alive. I guess you could say man sexiest, but that'd be a weird way of phrasing it. And dudes are heated about this. I think this is a sneaky, most debated male topic maybe we have in the country. Totally. And let me tell you why. There's safe picks and then there's edgy picks. You guys came at me a little bit earlier because I said, Blake Shelton's a very solid choice by People Magazine. And then I just want to point this out. You are getting on Smallman. And I join you on this for not ever seeing a Tom Hardy movie. But Tom Hardy's the safest bro dude i'm really into that guy that exists in the marketplace how you hot do you think never... he is sarudi sarudi 11 tom hardy hardy yeah maybe 11 and a half. He's a decent looking dude see for he is in an exclusive category of you can say that guy's got it and no dudes will go like they'll not get on you. what are you texting asking who the hottest guy is amongst your no, group text? I'm typing in tom hardy to look at an image i th- You've never seen him? No, I've seen him. It's been a while. Who would Are you, you pick like Smallman? Smallman? Have you seen a Tom Hardy movie? Yeah, I've seen like Inception, Warrior. Who would I pick? Yeah. Justin Timberlake. Again? Every year. You'd pick Timberlake every year. Gosh, you got so offended when I said he's not as funny as he thinks he is. That all explains it now. He was a good host of the ESPYs. One year. What about Idris Elba? He's a good looking man. Sarudi agrees. You should see him nodding right now. Yeah, he's a good-looking dude. I'll give it to him. Who would you go with? Hardy's Mike Greenwell? Dude. Mike Greenwell? Yeah. Dwight Evans? <laughs> Nick Kosaski? The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. All right, we got Will Kane. Thanks to Todd McShay, as always, for that hour on Wednesdays. Always a lot of fun here on the Rossillo Show, presented by Progressive Insurance. Comparing rates to help you save. Now, that's Progressive. Call or click today to find out how much Progressive could save you. Kirby Hocutt, that whole deal might happen today. Uh, I don't want to do this thing where I'm teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. So here's the deal. He'll either be on, and it'll be a big surprise for everybody, or he won't be. And we'll do it again later this week. Just, you know, it ends up becoming this thing where you're doing the show, and it's not anybody's fault. People get busy. But I've done it in the past where I tease and tease and tease. I think Kevin Love, Houston, All-Star Game, Van Pelt and I, I think we teased Kevin Love nine segments in a row, and then we never had him on the show. How'd that impact your relationship? We ran into Kevin later that night in Houston, and he goes, hey, guys, and we were like, no. I was. Van Pelt's friendlier than I am. You haven't told me yet, and I forgot to ask who your celebrity stiff arm is coming from. Yeah, that's right. So the beginning of the day today, I have this guest that I want to have on, a guy that I met recently, and he told me this amazing story that I want to share with everybody. May even do it in the sit-down. It's so good, okay? And he gave me his number. He goes, yeah, take down my number. Cool, anytime. And... I sent him a text right before the show, and I said, hey, it's Rosillo. You up here again at all? And I get a who and where. The where is hurtful, but it's because of the who. He doesn't know who it is. He doesn't even know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm surprised they even get that response. So we haven't even crafted the response yet. I don't know what to do. Yeah, and the who is hurtful because you said who it was. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, so, I mean, it's and not just... the thing just... is, you gave the last name. If you yeah, said, hey, it's Ryan, maybe you could maybe. get a who, Yeah, but you gave last name. Can I get a what? Nope. Nothing. None of those things. The Cavs are in the news, and they've been in the news now since the start of the season because we know they're the Cavs, right? It's LeBron. It's all those things. But right now, they are 7-7. Seven and seven. They consistently are terrible against bad teams, so maybe that's a sign that they're good against some of the good teams. They've won two in a row, but it's at the Mavericks. It's against the Knicks, which was kind of a fun game. They are currently, uh, they've been the worst team defensively in the NBA, and statistically, they still are behind only your Dallas Mavericks. And, like, I mean a bad, bad defensive team. Howard Beck, 
Bleacher Report, longtime NBA writer, knows his stuff, had from an executive that everyone should be on the table, meaning if this team is this bad defensively, if this team is still really bad, that they should look into trading Kevin Love, maybe the pick that they have from the Celtics via the Nets, or even LeBron James. Okay. Well. I want you to take it anywhere you want to go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I agree with Howard Beck in theory. I mean, LeBron has a no-trade clause. Now, so this is the we can do source whole, telling telling Beck this. That's right. right. Beck is... Uh, in the, the source is, is referenced as what? An NBA a front executive? front office... Yes, executive. It's a really broad term, by the way, right? A front office executive? Well, I don't think he's with Chase. <laughs> huh? I think he's with an NBA team. No, 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 no. But even at that, do you, who gets credit for being a front office executive? It does seem... but. If it weren't, if it were somebody else that I didn't really know, and it's maybe I'd question a little bit more. My guess is Howard Beck's getting it from somebody who works. It's not a GM, but it could be a scout. I mean, sometimes you're a little vague about it to protect the source. Mm-hmm. Are you immediately going after the source before we get to the topic? No, it just as we sat in and worked our way through it, I realized what does front office executive mean? Because in your mind, it's like president of basketball operations or GM, and you're like, really, one of those guys said it? But I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to accept it as true. Because Howard Beck is great and because I want to. And second... <laughs> the second part being more important. And second, I'm also now going to require that we set aside LeBron's no-trade clause. <laughs> yes, we're also doing that. Right. Yeah, you're right. The Cavs should put everything on the table. Definitely. They wouldn't trade him ever. And they'd be stupid to trade him. What could you get for half a year of LeBron? Well, you can, this is not a guy you can trade for. LeBron is the most powerful athlete in team sports that we have ever seen. Okay, great. What could you get for him? <laughs> uh, I think the Mavs would be out of it. I think so. You want to do this? See, I wasn't really prepared for this. Because the Celtics, well, he's never playing in Boston. Okay, we, we start that. And he's certainly now not going to go there to play with Kyrie. Um, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that one's happening. I want that. I, I'm going to openly root for that. Yeah, and as Lakers fans are going, will they take Randall and Clarkson and a pick? No, that's 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 a no. I mean, that's the problem in the NBA. That the there's no deal that makes sense. You can't do this game because you're not going to be able to go. Well, that's commiserate value because there is no value that adds up to. That's what LeBron James is worth. The only analysis is you get him for six months. So therefore, how close are you to a title right now? What teams? Actually, the way we talk about LeBron, every team he puts into contention. So maybe the Mavs are on the list. You you never know. Like. LeBron doesn't put the Mavs in contention? So, Rudy, your, your position, what you just said there, though, what was your premise about LeBron and the Sixers over those years? Do you remember? No. And I'm talking about the bad Sixers teams, not the fun one that we have this year. Oh, that he would make, that they would make the playoffs if LeBron was on their team. If LeBron gets traded to the Mavericks right now, do they make the playoffs this year? Mm, see, this was, this, this argument was peak LeBron. I don't know, like 30, Two thirty-three year old LeBron. I'm not sure. What is he? Thirty-one, thirty-two, uh, thirty-three at the end of the year. I think peak LeBron. Yes, the Mavs are in the playoffs. The reason that we bring this up is you're trying to ask you try to ask yourself what's the market like? Who would legitimately say I'm going to sacrifice my future for six months of LeBron right here? How many teams would get in on that? But all right, so you're you're just ruling out that he would that the problem you would have on your hands gutting a team to trade for him and then him not being. Well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it if he wasn't going to be into it. Uh, if you go back and look at some of those Sixers teams, let's look at the worst one here. What's the worst one? We got a ten and seventy-two team. There was a nine-win team, wasn't there? Uh no, ten and seventy-two is the worst one out of that group. 
So you think a team... <laughs> Name it. Give me the roster. Okay. Uh, your starters were Nerlens, Jeremy Grant, Ish Smith, Robert Covington. Okafor actually started 48 games. Off the bench, Stauskas, Cannon, Hollis Thompson, TJ McConnell. You think that team makes the playoffs with peak LeBron? Well. You're probably right. Especially in the East. I mean, what yeah, are we talking East, about? We're, right? we're talking about 500 team. Do you think they win a, a playoff? Man, they're not going to beat a first round team, but he was the first round team. So you got to think of it that way. Like the first round team last year, that Celtics team is the number one seed is not a great team. Yeah, you're right. He was the first round seed. So you ask yourself those. Yeah, you don't have to beat LeBron. You have what year to beat was like, that 10 win season? Uh, two years ago. 2015, 2016 Sixers. Okay, so you're taking him off the Cavs and just switching him over to the other side of the court. Do they now win? Yeah, so he's he's dumping it into the post to Jaleel or Nerlens. You know, Ish Smith is running pick and pop with him. Covington is nailing three. Covington's and- <laughs> over in the corner, right. although he doesn't miss at all. What are we what are we basically saying? Could that team beat like the Wizards or like the Raptors? Yeah, I think <laughs> so they probably it's, could. It's not just okay, so. We can all we can all agree with this part. Like this is a fun little thing, and it's a really good nugget from one source that gives you the whole premise of the discussion. Not only is it not happening, it shouldn't happen, right? They're not giving up at any point this year, even if they're five hundred late in February, fifty games into this thing. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think a five hundred Cavs team still you bank on LeBron bringing it together by the end of this season. Yes. Electricity charge inside Energy like the lightning strike Take one spark and I will ignite Never stopping, I won't stand by Now that Human Resources Director Ryan Lee has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent and time He's really on top of his game He even has his own hype song I'm the best beyond belief I got strength and got the speed Entire workforce Complete with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. No, nobody catching up. They're not fast or strong enough. I got that electricity charging inside. Take one spot, yeah. I'm attracting and engaging the best people every step of the way. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Never stopping, I won't stand by. As we look at college football, not just the rankings, the matchups this weekend, every program that feels unfulfilled right now, okay, there are certain programs when you're down, you know you're going to be back up again. You expect to be back up. But I think there are other groups of programs where you go, what if the best is behind us? Isn't that kind of a scary thing just in life to go, like I have those conversations with myself. I'm like, what if this is it? What if this is the best it's ever going to be? Not that this is bad. But I go, what if I've you peaked. were? What I have if, yeah. peaked. I think how many of your high school friends have peaked? Yeah, man. Some of your some of you guys right now, and I'm not calling out you, but you're This is as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, but you have you have a couple friends that in high school they go, Man, that was it. That was the best. That's why I think child actors have so many problems. I think that's why famous people that are super famous, young and successful, you go, This will probably be the best it's ever gonna be. Like you could argue right now for me, this is it. I don't believe that. Wouldn't be a shock, you know. Pretty if you good. don't believe it, it probably isn't. No, I don't. I don't believe it. Do you think this is the best it's ever going to be for you? Or you have you not? <laughs> has it, have you already peaked? Okay, so here's the question: Is the Tennessee Vols football program your buddy from high school that peaked? 
I think there's also the have you already peaked aspect of, but also like this is who you are. You keep thinking you're going to be a star. You keep thinking you're going to marry up. You keep thinking you're going to make some money sooner or later. But at some point, this is who you are. And I think that's what we were asking. Who are you? Yeah, who are you? So who's who does Tennessee think they are? Who are they? I love this game with college football. Here's Tennessee over the last several years, right? 2016, 9 and 4. 2015, 9 and 4. 2014, 7 and 6. Then it gets real ugly. It's one, two, three years of five and seven, one year of six and seven, below 500. So who is Tennessee? Hey, Tennessee, for those that may be a little bit younger, but Tennessee was a squad. Tennessee was a team that I always felt like, okay, I'm excited to watch Tennessee. They always have great players. They're in the mix, winning national titles, playing for one. You know, what's Tennessee, like, that's who they are. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. And the people that know the sport better than I do, We'll tell you, it's just a little bit different. You got to factor in airports, you got to factor in TV, you got to factor in that it's not as special in Knoxville now as it used to be. So that's not as obtainable. So everybody looks at Alabama. Like, how many programs in the SEC look at Alabama going, we should be Alabama? Does Tennessee look at Alabama saying we should be Alabama? Because I would tell them they're probably wrong. But if Florida did it, I would say Florida has more of a right to claim that they should be closer to Alabama than Tennessee does. Okay, let's answer these questions. Let's do it for a bunch of schools. But I want to tell you this. Part of it's going to be painted by who they were when you were arriving in your sweet spot, maybe when you were peaking. Because think about this. Ryan, from 1995 to 2004, Tennessee had seven seasons. That's a 10-year span. Seven seasons of 10 victories or more. That's why I... You're right. Maybe I'm Where were too, you in 95, 96, Well, that's when I first started caring right? about... The, like When I was a kid, I was watching college football, but that's when it really started cranking up. I remember bartending and screaming about Peyton Manning against Ryan Leaf. Like just having these debates, cutting limes and going, no, I'm a Leaf guy. No, I'm a Manning guy. And all about, you know what I mean? Like Tennessee was always on my radar, probably when I was most impressionable and started thinking about a career in sports. But I think it's crazy to think that there's a bunch of Tennessee fans going, no, no, if we did that before, why can't we do it again? Here's here's who I think Tennessee is. I think Tennessee's average is nine win season. That's what they should that's not a below-average year for Tennessee. How often should they be playing for a national championship? All right, hold on. They should be in contention for the SEC championship once every five years, okay? Which immediately puts you into national championship conversation. I'm not saying they should be playing in the national championship game once every five years. I'm not sure they should be playing for the national championship once every ten years. But they should be in contention for the SEC once every five years. That means SEC championship games. That means nine, ten, eleven wins in those kind of time frames. That's what they should expect. What do you think? That's I still think it's a lot. Too too much? For Tennessee to expect to be going to the SEC championship game? Once every five years? Yes. No, that's that that's not too much. That's not too much. But then I start thinking of the national part of it, and Tennessee's probably thinking that's a little too low for us. I think Nebraska is dangerously close, maybe even more so than Tennessee, to being, hey, you know what, Nebraska? You peaked in high school. <laughs> you had a great car. You're a little bit older. Your mustache came in earlier. Girls, you know from, girls from the other town liked you. Nebraska says, you know what? Ron Russillo wants a Thunderbird. Yeah. So sometimes it comes back around, and it's coming back. Who we were, we're not changing. You are. 
and it's going to come back around to us. Yeah, I see. If I'm a Nebraska fan deep down in an honest moment, I'm going, I don't think we're ever going to be what we were. Do you think? You could do some really weird, nerdy stuff here and start looking at population. You can start going, like, which recruit outside of Nebraska that's a really good recruit goes, you know what? I want to go to Nebraska. Yeah, look at Nebraska, man. No, I just can't do it. I can't. I can't put them in the box you're putting them in. Look, man. All- like, what's a safer bet? The Nebraska gets back to national title contention every five years, or you're never going to touch that again. I know where I put my money. Look, man. For twenty years, Nebraska had like four <laughs> seasons where they didn't win ten games, and those were nine games they won. For 20 seasons, from the mid-70s. I don't even want to go back because it's even better the further you go back. From the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. I mean, you, in, even in the 2000s. It's really about... So you telling me that's obtainable again? Yes. It, there's a, I can't bet against history like that. I can't do it. I can't do it. So, Nebraska we, has right, a, so we put our money in the other side of that. Nebraska has a right... They're entitled to believe they should be they should be winning what? the Big Ten. Nebraska should be looking at this going, you know what? Ohio State? Michigan? You kidding me? We're Nebraska. We should be in this. Do you think Michigan is Ohio State? They're not Ohio State. But I respect their entitlement. <laughs> so you don't think they're Ohio State. I agree with you. But we both think it's okay for them to think they are. Yeah. Okay, we agree. You don't think Tennessee... Which guy is that, by the way? Like, he's not quite as good-looking as his buddy, but he walks around thinking it and carries himself beach like house. that, and so you end up respecting him? Good beach house location <laughs> guy. Like, we don't really like him. He's not even not even in shape, but he's got a sick beach house, and it just opens up doors to all sorts of things. So you're, it's okay for you to have an inflated opinion of yourself. Okay, do me, do me, do me. Texas. All right, I'm glad you are asking about the football team. <laughs> Um, I have no problem with any Texas fan going, whatever this is, this is a blip and we're going to be in this thing at some point, not just having a one year shot at a national championship, but competing for national championships to hold that, to have that standard as a Texas fan, I'm completely okay with. You should be that arrogant. You should see yourself that way. If you're Texas, you should look at Alabama and go, that's who we should be. Okay. And I'm okay with that. Why do you think that you're okay with that? Because I think that's that's how I look at Texas. And I also know that there was a stretch where Alabama wasn't in the preseason top 25 for six years. So as unbelievable as this Bama run is, they had a stretch where you go, oh, yeah, Bama, that's weird. They're kind of It makes me now. happy yeah. that you say that. Because that's how you feel? Of course I feel that way. But look, I'm from Texas. No one's more familiar with the counterargument than someone from Texas. Because nobody What's hates the counterargument? The, nobody hates the University of Texas more than the people that went to all the other schools in Texas. And they say this. Nice. You had the 60s. You had the 70s. You know what? The 80s, they weren't too great. And the 90s, they weren't too great either. You had a nice run in the 2000s. And now you're back to who you were in the 80s and 90s. They're saying, they say specifically, you're not Alabama. I think Texas should be because of money, recruiting, size, all those okay, so, reasons. Right, like, so the anti-Texas argument, um, you can not like Texas, okay? I, and I understand, but, but when it starts becoming personal and emotional and tied to who you root against or root for, like those people are usually the, the worst opinions to listen to, okay? I'm not... No, I like the true. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm You're not neutral root, arbiter. I'm not Good. some other Big Twelve fan who hates on Texas. Yeah, I like Tom Herman, but I, I'm just that's how I see it. So what? 
Like if somebody goes, that's not who Texas is. Yeah, we agree that Texas is not Alabama right now. But if you're telling me that Texas should feel more like Auburn, okay, or that Texas should look at themselves more like Tennessee and be happy with that, and that's and the think, point. That's just not true. Accepting not, who you are, and that's not even a knock on Auburn. But the problem for Auburn is that you're in the same state as that other team. And we've done this. You know, I've talked about it. Auburn. Auburn sees Alabama and sees themselves. And we say no. But yet, here's Auburn who wanted, I don't know how many people, but the conversation around Gus Malzahn was like, eh, time to move on. And you go, dude, you guys played for two national championships and won one in four years, and you fired the guy to keep Gus, bring him back, and now you want him out? And guess what? Some people think they're the best team in college football again with two losses. This year, right. Auburn should be happy. Yeah, how bad do you have it, Auburn? Right. Not that bad. (laughs) The Ryan Rossillo Show. We were talking rankings as they come out. You know, we have those up on ESPN.com, and I was a little surprised Clemson was two in front of Miami. Um, I also think I'm more on the side of Oklahoma's resume than Clemson's right now, but, you know, whatever. We'll talk to Kirby about that stuff at some point. But then it starts getting into, with all of these coaches getting fired, the tough conversation that you have to have as a college football fan, if you're not one of these clear Tier 1 programs, who are we really? I know who I want us to be, but who are we really? And I think the actual argument or discussion about who has like warranted entitlement versus unwarranted entitlement is perfect, and you've put together a list. I have. I was just thinking while you were talking. Our analogy earlier was the buddy who's peaked earlier in life. The analogy might be like the guy who's holding out for the perfect wife. Why are you looking at me? Well, I was just taking a breath. The guy who at some point you go, yeah, but maybe that's not who you are. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. <laughs> it felt a little specific. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but no, you know, you know, you got that one buddy. You're like, I'm glad he finally settled. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't just keep shooting for the 10 because it probably wasn't going to come along. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> so, who are these guys in college football? Okay, so you you have you have your list and this is what one to to what number and like it's based on number 1 is what? Number not the team, but the, the definition of number 1 on this list is what? The most deserved entitlement. You believe you should be whatever it may be. Competing for a national championship if every Michigan, year. Michigan, you believe you should be Ohio State. Is that warranted or is that insane, right? Right. Okay, all right. So Deserved entitlement. Do you know who you are? Okay, so who do you think is number one on this list? Alabama. And they wore this when they were down in the 90s, to your point earlier, right? There's enough history, tradition, ability imbued into that program that where they are now, well, maybe not exactly where they are now. They might be overperforming a little bit because of Nick Saban. But this is where they belong. I College just, football is right when Alabama's on top. I can't believe how bad it was for Bama, but it's it was real. Bad. It's real. A four and nine, a three and eight, a six and seven. They weren't ranked in the preseason for six straight years from two thousand two to two thousand seven. Let me just actually before we go down the list a little bit further. Is Alabama's sense of entitlement actually inflated because without Nick Saban and once Nick Saban is gone, what do they have a right to expect? Bring in Dabo, keep it going. I just don't know that anybody can do what Nick does. Like, Imagine if you said to someone, you go, okay, this guy's an on-air talent or this guy's a producer and he's going to give you the best ratings. You're going to have the best ratings in your demo. Okay. 
I'm guaranteeing you that. All right. Like, what's the value of that? What if you had a financial advisor? Be like, who's that guy? Oh, he's the best financial advisor there is. Well, how do you know? Because every year there's great returns. He outdoes every other financial analyst advisor we have. What's the value on that? And that's who Saban is in his sport. Before I do too much of this stuff, we're going to get further on this list. Right. So, bam, okay, fine. Number two, I'm willing to acknowledge some personal biases and hear your rebuttal, but Texas. I really don't have a problem with it. And I don't like the... What's going to happen is, in the moment, people are going to say Ohio State. So they just want a title. Who are you, Texas? Who do you think you should be? I think Texas should think that they're Alabama. But I don't know how you really separate these things from Ohio State. It's a better recruiting ground, too. That would be the other thing. Absolutely. It's Texas, it's more money. Right. It's better recruits. Um, Texas, Texas should be... Ohio State, Texas should be Alabama. I have no problem with your arrogance. And I have Ohio State at third. Yeah, okay. We did this a different year. Maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe USC would have been up there. You don't have them up there, though, do you? Well, USC is the one I'm in flux with. So right now, at number four, I I think this could be wrong. I have Michigan. I think Michigan has a right. They are entitled. They deserve their entitlement even though they have done very little to back it up as of recent. Okay, but here's the sneaky thing on Michigan, is if you look historically where they are with their national championships, you let them jump a bunch of teams of better history. I know. And I I would put USC ahead of Michigan. I think I'm willing to accept that rebuttal. I really am. I had USC entirely too low. Where did you have USC? I had in nine. They need to go. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. It's true. All right. All right, so five. Huge oversight. That's okay. Hey, look, it's your first time through this list. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Oklahoma. I'd put Oklahoma over Michigan. Oklahoma's one of those tricky ones where when I start doing the traditional recruiting-based stuff... Right, all your arguments, the airport, all that. (laughs) I know, I'm big on the airport, direct (laughs) flights. When you live in Hartford for a while, you start thinking about flights more often. Uh, Oklahoma pulls this off, and their history is better than Michigan's. And I know Michigan fans are going to come back with me with total wins. Look, I'm sorry. Like, you just, you know, if we're comparing you to the top three or five programs in college football, it's going to get a little tougher. Michigan's helmet helps, though, too. It does. Number six, Miami. How do you feel about that? Srudy thinks I have Miami entirely too high. Because it's been so long since they've been. It's back, folks! I wouldn't. I don't know how you put them ahead of USC, but that might. Just well, now be the I've got. I, I accepted yeah. your. I accepted your jumping up of USC. So now I'm working. Who in, else? Let's work through the list this way, right. so I can see. Just keep flying through it. Florida. Okay. LSU. Yep. This brings me to Nebraska. <laughs> Nine was USC. You have Nebraska ten. Yep. Whoa. Okay. Who's eleven and twelve then? Eleven is Georgia. Twelve is Florida State. So you think Nebraska should be walking around going... Expecting. Requiring. So you'd have a... Hiring <laughs> coaches saying, this is what we want. And not being insane about it. So if you had a Florida State buddy and a Nebraska buddy, and they were both coming off a 6-6 six and six season, and the Nebraska guy says, this is unacceptable for us. Yes. And the Florida State guy said, no, 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 this is unacceptable for us. You would sit there at the bar and go to the Nebraska guy and say, hey, I kind of agree with you more so than the guy from Tallahassee. That's what your rankings are telling me. Can I tell you the t- couple things that influence that? First of all, I'm influenced by deep history as well as recent history. Okay, So you're right. If we go over the last, I don't know, 17 years or so, 
Florida State has vastly outperformed Nebraska. Vastly. But I just think there's something for all that history giving you an entitlement that you think you can recoup. And I think you can too, Nebraska. I think you should be, I think you should be the, one of the top two or three programs in the Big Ten. You shouldn't be in the Big Ten. But now that you're there, <laughs> I think you should be a top two or three program in the Big Ten. And Florida State's coach is rumored to be interested or wooed to Texas A&M. And why is Jimbo Fisher talked about with other programs? If Florida State is number 10, in your estimation, there are only nine other programs we should be talking about Jimbo Fisher I'm not ever even considering. Sh- I'm not sure I'm okay with Florida State being that low. Okay. Oh my gosh, where would you put them? Florida State had that run of 15 years of finishing, what, in the top five? He hung around with Danny for a long time. You think Danny saw, he and I agreed all the time on ACC stuff? I, I don't have to sit next to Danny to know that Florida State, like, I can't believe you look at Nebraska this way. I mean, there's history and then there's ancient history. Oh my gosh, you're so rude. I'm sorry. Like, how else do you play this game? Like, think about, think about this game, okay? As we're mentioning all these teams, Rosillo here with Will Kane, reminding you to watch all three hours of the show on ESPN News. Give me the last kind of, hmm, that's a weird national champion. Give me the last weird one where you go, okay, you know, that's weird. There, I mean, they're, those teams don't win it. No, there they, isn't one. What is it? It's probably Washington in 91, and then if it's not that. Is that the one they split with Colorado? Do we get no, two that weird w- ones? No, that was Washington and Miami because Miami won the AP title. And then younger kids are like, what? Like, what year was the Colorado Before the BCS kids, we used to just vote. <laughs> <laughs> what year was the Colorado one? 90, and Georgia Tech won the UPI National Championship in their poll. So it's been really 27 years since you've had a team. You go, that's a weird national champion. Right. And Washington fans right now go, what, what's so weird about it? I'm like, okay, look, it's a little different than USC, Florida State, Tennessee, Florida, Bama, Al, you know. LSU again, Ohio State twice, so Miami our, in there. Is our biggest discrepancy where Florida State is, who Florida State is? And by the way, I don't think I'm insulting Florida State by having them at 12. We're still talking, talking about I would not have there. Nebraska ahead of Georgia, no way, not with the talent. I mean, we're talking about a state with maybe 2 million people versus Georgia with the fourth most NFL players in the United States. Uh, I, Nebraska wouldn't, I'm sorry, the history, I know what it is, but that analogy I use with Florida State Nebraska guy that you would side with Nebraska guys angst before you'd side with Florida State guys, that's crazy to me. I don't know. You're making good arguments. And I'm, but listen, if you can hear me, Warren, you need to do something about this because you're the one guy. I'm not even a Nebraska fan, but Warren, you're the one guy that can fix this problem. Warren Buffett. Omaha, the Oracle of Omaha. Two million people, but one of them really matters. He's the one that can bring this program back. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.